Welcome to the CrossFit Engage podcast. Our goal is to share with you the success stories of our community and how they're living longer, healthier, and happier lives. Here we go. I have the pleasure of sitting with Dalton Harper. How are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm better now. I just finished the the workout for the day yeah, so it looked rough got that one out of the way um as as we're recording this i always like if we bring up a workout try to give some context so we did um you didn't do it today did you no. you just got here for this so yeah. um so we did it was a couplet we did calories on the rower and devil's press dumbbell devil press and um the original version was individual but we had a big class. We didn't have enough rowers, so we ended up, ended up partnering up. And I got to partner with Will the Manimal yeah. Spear. <laughs> um, and that dude, I don't know how he hasn't ripped the chain out of the rower yet. But um, I was fortunate to partner with him. Um, Coach Becca's class, I was able to take that. And we switched it from, it was 27, 21, 15, 9 of both to... 50, 40, 30, 20 calories on the rower, and then we did um, we did basically half of that on the devil's press. So it was 25, 20, 15, and then nine. But um, we only did single dumbbell devil's press, which I've never done that one before, but I kind of digged it. It was cool. Um, but we had to do it synchronized. So yeah. we ran the bottom together, you know, basically a dumbbell snatch. After the burpee, you get up overhead together, lock out alternate arms go back down again so it was good it was a fun one hate it you missed it yeah kind of glad i missed it (laughs) yeah it was a little bit of a breather but uh all right so we're not here to talk about the workout but uh we want to get to know dalton a little bit better so um give us your life story bro you know let's start from uh early on childhood you know uh were you born and raised here what's what's kind of your background yeah born and raised in white bluff um Played sports my whole life, played baseball, football, never really. I played a few years of basketball, but was never really any good at it. So I feel I kinda, you, bro. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> sheer clear of that one. Uh, as far as that goes, yeah, I kind of later on in – I played sports up until high school, and then I got into uh, got into bass fishing. So I was doing bass tournaments. Oh, okay. Very cool. Me, me and Chris Ritchie were actually partners. Really? Yeah. For and, three and w- years, I think. When did that start? My sophomore year. I believe. Okay. In high school, yeah. So, like, 2013, 2014, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, random. Uh, that that kind of – I wasn't expecting that. But, yeah. I mean, that's cool. Uh, super random. My cousin got into bass fishing in middle school for the school. They, had, oh, they yeah. did some kind of, like, fundraiser or something. And it was out at Buckner. Mm-hmm. And this was, gosh, early – early 2000s maybe um like 2002 three something like that so i mean it's been a while um but she needed a partner and i wasn't really like my experience with fishing everybody's like do you like fishing like you're from tennessee my my short answer is no i don't i hate it only because my experience with fishing is heating up some hot dogs in the microwave (laughs) cutting them up putting them on our little Walmart pole with a bobber on it, going out into our unstocked pond in my backyard and waiting for three hours. Forever, yeah. So the answer is no, I hate fishing, but that's my only experience. So, so anyway, she needed a partner. 
I was like, sure, why not? You know, I was little, middle school, whatever. So I went and did it, and she actually won uh, oh, really? the tournament, whatever it was. I got a trophy at the house. I could was it a to, certain kind of fish or dust it off. And it was bass. Just bass, okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if it was like yeah, any just kind bass. of bass. No, okay. I mean, no, just bass. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'd have to dust it off to tell you yeah. what it said we won. But, so tell me a little bit about the, the fishing experience. So you and Chris Ritchie. Yeah, so, well, I got – started into fishing my stepdad was a amateur leading i guess gonna eventually be pro bass fishing and uh him and my stepbrother were really big into it growing up i say when i was probably like 13 14 maybe a little younger than that started fishing with them and just kind of really caught on really really well with it and then my like i said maybe my sophomore year they just they started up the fishing team and me and chris weren't partners at first but right that was the first time like, – the first tournament was, like, kind of crazy because I'm used to just fishing off the bank and off a boat. Right. And then once you start doing it competitively, it's a whole different ballgame. Really? Yeah. So explain to the the amateur or the un, unknowing, I guess, what the difference is when once you get competitive. So once you get competitive, you know, you got to be there. It varies from the morning times, probably like 6, 7, start at 6, 7. You just take off, go anywhere where you think the fish are. We weren't able to drive the boat, so we couldn't go where we wanted to. We had to have a partner, which was his uncle. And uh, you just sit there, you know, and uh, as far as bait and lures, it's a total different ball game because you got to read the water color. You got to know about the depth, the wind direction, mm -hmm. water temp, water pressure. Everything plays. It all comes into play, huh? Yeah, and where you're fishing at, like – if it's three foot deep and fishing in bushes or if you're fishing off 30 foot ledges. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot that so goes into it, it. I mean, and I'm a, I'm a layman here in terms of, of fishing. So I really have no clue, but I would just imagine that competitively speaking, if there's a group of dudes that you know are really good and you're like, yeah, they know where the fish are. Like yeah. you're going to follow them. Yeah. Like that just makes sense. Yeah what's like well, yeah and so being around is here, there any like boundaries around that like you have to stay so kinda, far away or is a res really no but out of a respect yeah okay yeah i mean and i was gonna say like a respect thing yeah. for sure but some people don't care like some <laughs> are just yeah right if you yeah there's just some that don't care i don't know how i was gonna put that but right so and honestly like where you think you know where the fish are and you fish there forever they might not be there that day yeah, you go to fish it. Yeah. We've had we've ran into that a lot, and so me and him done two state championships with uh, the high school. The second one we ran into, there's a a guy named uh, Rodney Brown, I think. He fishes on Lake Chickamauga. He's like the king of Lake Chickamauga. Has a world record uh -huh. bag, like five five fish. Wow. It's like forty five pounds, a large amount. Yeah, and the year we went down fished uh, Chickamauga, he was a these two kids, boat captain, and we beat him that year. Wow. Yeah, he didn't even place. Wow. So, it just – it varies, man. It's yeah, it can change. It's sometimes it's like a guessing game, and sometimes it's, you know, you just, you're in the right place at the right time. Right. You know, using the right stuff. So Yeah. Well, cool, man. I've been Congrats out of it for a while, that. so. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask if you still fish at all or – Not like that. Not like yeah, that. Yeah, I just do it for fun now. So – I don't know if he listens to this or not. I feel like he probably does. But who's better, you or Chris? Well, and I'm not. And just don't worry, this. I'll I'll have <laughs> I'll have him on here to to yeah. kind of refute. 
and I'm not his side of the story as well. But I'm not saying this just to be fair to both of us, but it was honestly probably dead even. Yeah, because we were both back and forth. I'd wow. say so. What a nice guy. That's, nah, a, that's a true friend right it's, there. It's true though. I'll throw it's, him under it's the true. bus. It's true. Like I had one partner that I outfished like crazy. He was good. Yeah. But it just so happened I outfished him a lot. Yeah. But so the first uh, tournament, the first championship me and him went to, we got third out of like eighty boats, which yeah. is very good for the that's, first year. Yeah. That year, I'd take those odds. Yeah. Any that year we done we done really well. Um, but that day alone, the tournament day, we had like thirty forty five minutes left, and I just rounded up three keepers at the end of the day and uh nice. it's not not saying like it was i'm better than him by no means but that, right. that's just how that happened just came in it's just, yeah it's just hard to, yeah i mean he definitely knows what he's doing yeah like, knew what he was doing and uh but it was, it was honestly probably dead even that's cool yeah. man that's cool his uncle was a lot of help too yeah at training us so awesome awesome so fishing is a little is a part of your background in your story what other hobbies did you have growing up in in school in high school and was, i can i can bring some up if i need to because i know you but yeah it was uh honestly before then it was just football and baseball yeah consumed yeah my life as far as physical activity goes, yeah, yeah. That's, that's about all i really did yeah that was, my dad kind of made it my life growing up uh, yeah yeah that's, i really didn't have no hobbies outside of that yeah did you ever feel like pressure i guess to do any any sport i guess or organized team sport football a little bit yeah yeah did it not cause like insane you, did you i mean did you find it still enjoyable or was it yeah. something that you started to feel kind of burnt out just because of the pressure no nah, it was enjoyable okay. I, I enjoyed it but he was uh cause my dad was like really really good in his hometown right and so he wanted that i guess to kind of right lead Live on, on for me uh but yeah no he he kind of pressured it or he got really mad if i didn't want to play yeah and uh kind of forced me to go when I didn't want to go but then again like I liked it yeah it's just sometimes I was like god this is it's kind of getting annoying but I just don't want to go like I'm good right. I knew I was not in a cocky way but I knew I was good yeah now I was just like I don't need to practice that was more of just the ego thing growing yeah. up so and I think all teenage boys battle that yeah. for sure but and this isn't like a pick on your parents thing I just yeah. I'm always curious to to see you know what what goes on mentally in in the athlete yeah growing up whether there was a lot of pressure there or not and then how did you handle that as you went through the sport and then like is that what caused you to get out or like just yeah. you know just wasn't your thing anymore or whatever so no nah, the reason I honestly got out and I don't know why this hit me like this but when my grandma passed away she was like my biggest fan on any sport that I played and when she passed away I just kind of lost like the yeah. love for playing and then bass fishing came on so yeah yeah so yeah but cool. it's funny enough, my dad pressured me, not really fully pressured me into playing football, but baseball was my favorite, and I was just way better at baseball, too. Yeah. So, that's yeah. funny how that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes what what you like the most isn't what you're the best yeah. at, you know? Um, and that's that's another, like, rabbit hole and intriguing conversation. But um, tell me about out, outside of sports, what other I'm, – I'm dragging this out of you here. Yeah. Tell me what other hobbies that you have um, that you enjoy doing in your just spare time. Big used to be a big hunter, but also playing guitar. Yeah, there yeah. it is. <laughs> playing guitar. Well, playing guitar was the first thing that I started. Uh, so I didn't really sing at all until my senior year of high school. Yeah. Yeah. After all the voice change and everything kind of <laughs> came about, but uh, I always kind of played guitar. Yeah. So I was, and I have some musical people in my family too, and and it, they didn't kind of, they didn't 
bring it out of me at all. Like, right. I, I didn't really have any kind of connection with them, but they yeah. were there. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah, and that's – that. I told you before we started this, like, this podcast is going to be what skyrockets your <laughs> career. Yeah. So, if yeah, – Follow if, me on Instagram. Yeah. When you uh, – when you take off, you know, and you make it, just yeah. remember this podcast, right? This is what let it. Uh, um, so tell me, you had musical people in your family, but that's not really why you started doing it. How did you pick up guitar? How did you decide that was what you really wanted to do? And then when did you notice, obviously, post-voice change, right? Uh, Post-puberty, like, <laughs> when did you notice, like, okay, now I can sing, too? Yeah. Well, the guitar thing was Mr. Eddie Van Halen. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. The R. I. P. goat. But I can't play anything like him, anything like him. But no, not many. He's the whole. No, no yeah. one. Can. He's the only reason I ever really picked it up. Um, but as far as I know, when I could sing was honestly, it's weird that I remember this, but it was my senior year homecoming week, and uh, it was me and a buddy of mine, and we had some. I think we just went to go get like some food in between, like messing with the floats, mm-hmm. and there were some girls in the truck, and I was singing a, uh, yeah. Chris Young covered a Keith Whitley song. Yeah, I'm over you, and I was singing that, and because my voice just started to get deep at the time, they just they're like, "Wow, you can really sing." I was like, "Oh, yeah. I didn't know you heard that." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where it started, and then I was still really shy to sing in front of everybody. Now it's kind of gotten a whole lot better. Obviously, you know, singing yeah. karaoke like yeah, the yeah, night, the karaoke. We've heard you belted a couple of times there. I mean, yeah. you do have a good good set of pipes. It's all, it's all right. Yeah, still one got thing. Some work. One thing that I – and the reason I kind of wanted to dive into this a little bit is I play guitar as well, um, arguably, and depending on who you ask, not very well. <laughs> if you ask me, not well at all. But – and, again, I think I talked about this on my last podcast was, like, when you get to a point that you – like, you know what good is mm-hmm. and you know what a good guitar player sounds like and you're, like, you measure up to that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not, not really, like – it's not really, like – a lack of confidence it's just like you know too much almost and you're like i know i'm not that good like that's yeah. okay like you know what they're doing but you just can't do it right exactly yeah. so i don't perceive myself as that good so i don't play for a lot of people uh really anybody um i did play on my praise and worship team my youth group for oh, a little nice. while yeah. but um what i find intriguing about back to the topic is singing while you're playing mm-hmm I cannot for the first of all I can't sing. So oh, yeah. if you've ever heard me try, I apologize. Um but I can't sing. But singing and playing, I don't know, my mind just doesn't work that way. It's tough. I start, you know, I, I lose rhythm, I, I lose my timing, I start, you know, missing the chords, like it's just it's downhill from there. So it's yeah, it was tough. I honestly don't even have a any kind of way to tell anybody how to do it because I don't know, I just started really trying I guess not really trying to focus on the strumming as much as I want to sing it I would just kind of just do it and then it just kind of started falling all in but so like the strumming and singing is hard for me it's still yeah. kind of hard but I can pick yeah which a lot of other people think it's way harder but I can pick and sing way yeah. better and and what I found is if you don't train that you start to develop your own picking pattern yeah and mm-hmm. and you kind of default to that and whether it fits the song or or it doesn't Mm -hmm. you kind of default to that picking pattern and so if that is your mo and that's what you do while you sing and you play i mean it's fine because it depends on if you're covering something or not yeah one way that it helps me is there's like a certain obviously you got to know the song you're going you're playing but like there's a certain chord in it that i know as soon as my finger plucks that string 
or that chord, like it's on that beat. And that's yeah. what helps me out like yeah. a whole lot. Instead of just strumming because you're hearing everything at once. Right. Yeah, so it's a little different. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's impressive to me because yeah. I've always wanted to, A, be able to sing, and B, be able to sing and play at the same time. Yeah. And it's tough. I can't do it. So I was like, well, I'll just be the background guy. I'll just be the guitar, you know, only. And uh, and that'll be it. And that yeah. works for me. So Has Mike Bondi, have you heard him play guitar? I So Mike, I didn't know that he played until I really started to get to know him. And then we talked about it. We talked about it before, but then I got him on the podcast, and we really dove in. And I, I, at that point, I didn't know that he used to teach. Yeah. Um, and he says that he's only, like, if go back and listen to his podcast, and this will make sense, but he's lost 2% uh, ability in his hands yeah. um, because of his accident. Mm-hmm. But he's back to playing now. And, yeah, and, and he can shred. Yeah, and <laughs> I've heard he's pretty good. Yeah. I've seen – after that podcast, I didn't know he had – I learned a lot on that one. I didn't know he had YouTube videos, so I went and looked those mm-hmm. up. And, I mean, he's got he's, he's got some chops. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He's good. Good drummer, too. Uh, is he? I, I haven't heard him drum. I've just seen the guitar He's probably stuff. a better drummer than guitar, but he can sh- – yeah, which really? says a lot because, I mean, he can shred. Kind of back to the sport thing, right? Yeah. Just because you like it better doesn't mean you're the best exactly, at it, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by that, and I think it's I think it's cool that you have that ability. So – you started. You post some on your on your Instagram mm-hmm. for you you sing and play. Yeah. Uh, you do a lot of covers and stuff. Yeah. What's kind of the what's the goal with that? I mean, do you ever try so to like write your own stuff? You just want to try do. to like cover stuff. Do you ever want to like play shows or what's kind of? Yeah. So to be honest, I don't. Hey, know. I just like, kind of put you on the spot. No, it's way. fine. Like, so when I first um, the first song I covered was uh. I, don't, I didn't really think of anything by it. Like, I just, I was at, I was house-sitting for a friend, and I just had my guitar, and I was bored, I think. And I just started playing uh, I Wish Grandpa's Never Died by Riley Green. Mm-hmm. Good and, song. Uh, yeah, and um, and, it's, and I just sent it to, originally, I think, the first little bit on Snapchat to somebody. They were like, man, that's really good. And they were like, you should post that, I think. And I was like, I don't know. Because I didn't, I had a big problem with, like, caring what people, like, I didn't want people to, yeah. bash me for everybody to see right, but right. now i don't care but right. then that was the first one i was like yeah i'm gonna be kind of you know scared about it and then uh yeah i just started posting i didn't really have any direction i was gonna go with it i always kind of wanted to be a singer though yeah but i gotta get over some of the stage right which i've gotten over it a lot and uh but yeah i didn't really have and i, I just enjoy cover there's so many songs i love yeah yeah i just love it cover them and my songs i have a couple like maybe like six seven i don't have them posted or anything i have them on files right. not fully mixed and mastered or anything but i have them yeah that's yeah. cool i just never never posted any that's cool well, maybe, maybe i need to uh, yeah, well maybe yeah. i don't know like i said this podcast man it's going to be the thing yeah. that that skyrockets that career yeah. so oh and, and uh cool enough uh the first when i posted that video uh riley green song he's like the second person to like it really <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. shout out riley shout green out riley green yeah that's awesome man, Duck, man. that's awesome uh so Dalton, you've got a lot of talents. Um, fishing, play guitar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, football, baseball. Obviously, you had a favorite there. Tell me a little bit more about your uh, exercise background. Now, obviously, with sport, there was some correlation yeah. there. What, you know, tell me a little bit more about your experience in the gym. Yeah. Um, so after I got done with sports and got into bass fishing. I was kind of uh, 
So I was kind of like a short guy growing up. I didn't get you – know, I didn't hit my growth spurt until my junior year, I think. But Late bloomer. Yeah, I was like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but I was like 230, 240. So I was a little, little, little thickened. Yeah. And uh, not to bring him back in to it or throw him under the bus either, but me and Chris were both like big boys. He was a little bit taller than me, but we are always big. Dude's getting yoked now, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Both He's are, always been him. like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, after he lost all his weight, he just got jacked. Yeah. But – I took the initiative a little bit before he did to uh, not like I never really got made fun of for being fat, I guess. But uh, at some points, people were just making like jokes, you know, remarks. I was just like getting tired of, but they weren't really mean anything by it. Yeah. But I kind of got on my nerves, and then so I done insanity. Uh, I done insanity twice, so like two months back to back, lost seventy pounds. Yeah. Wow, got, dude. Yeah, I got down to like one seventy. And that was the only uh, thing you did. Yeah, but and and I dieted really hard, but uh, I didn't diet that, right. Yeah. I dieted soup like I didn't follow the diet plan that they had. I just followed like a super low calorie. Yeah, deficit. Very, very yeah. low. I'm thinking I don't. AKA, even, just what most people do unknowingly is just stop eating. Yeah, well, I ate because I knew you needed some energy, but relatively speaking, I, yeah. I don't literally mean stop eating. Yeah, Although yeah. I do have a story. I won't. I won't take up our time on this. My yeah. cousin did that, and it was turned out pretty bad, yeah. but. Um, anyways, yeah, stop eating yes. for the most part. So I wasn't probably even eating a thousand calories a day. And I got to, like I said, I got really little. I was wearing a two X shirt down to the small and I was extremely like pale. People thought I was like going anorexic at the time. Um, and then I was just like, when I go to work out, I, I get tired of being like a string bean. I get tired of being big. I got tired of being so little. Yeah. And so I started lifting my mom, my stepdad started going to powerhouse and uh, so I started working out there for a little bit and got some more weight on. But also fitness has kind of been in the background of my family. My dad used to be a pro wrestler in the 80s. Okay. And then, what, uh, was it, what was his wrestling? He, uh, he was with a tag team group. So at first he was a double. And okay. then that double left, or the guy he doubled for left. Right. And then he took over. But it was uh, the fabulous one, Stan Lane, out of Memphis. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, they wrestled under Jerry Lawler. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look it up, yeah. but that's cool. Yeah, and then he was a uh, – he, he became, in like, a power lifter. Okay. So – Competitively? Yeah. I think. I can't remember. Okay. But I know he – I know he just got really big into power lifting. Do you know his, his numbers? Do you know his, his lifts? I know his squat. I don't know anything else, but his squat was, uh, he was like 735 or something like that, yeah. I remember ah. he saying it was really, really high. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine. I would crawl. Yeah, he was also shorter. He's like five eight. I he mean, could, that helps. He, yeah, that he, helps. He could shorter little, levers help. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then uh, I don't know about his deadlift or anything. But uh, I'd be curious. But yeah, that's yeah. impressive. But yeah, as far as that goes, he was the only person in my family who's really even been into fitness. Yeah, I had some. I had a bunch of uncles that were just country strong and jack for no good reason, but never worked out. <laughs> <laughs> but country strong, yeah, farm strong, literally. But uh. Yeah, so I got into that. I uh, got into the powerlifting, bodybuilding style. Never looked like a bodybuilder, but got into that kind of training. Right. And then I called you. Mondays and Thursdays, chest yeah. and tries, Chest right? and tries. Yeah, yeah, and then I called you. Uh, Zach Guire got me in it. Yeah. Amanda tried to get me in it like four years ago. Yeah. But I was so big into Amanda, that, and that's so funny because Amanda wasn't in it four years ago. Like, yeah. Amanda <laughs> – it might she's, not have been for you, but it was. It she's was so funny. Years. We love her. Uh, Coach Amanda, as we're referencing. But, uh, yeah, in the beginning, she was the reason we kind of came up with, like, a time limit for our foundations because she would, like, 
she came in one day, did like day one, and then we didn't see her for like three months. <laughs> now this was like five years ago. Yeah. Like this was a long time ago. But uh, and we didn't see her for like three months, and like every day we were like, "Where are you at? Like, what's going on?" And it was just one one excuse after another. She loves it. We laugh about it now, but yeah. yeah so she was in my public speaking class in college at National State. Really? And uh, so one of the things we had to do, I can't remember what kind of presentation it was, or but I was doing, I was just doing mine over like the three big lifts. You yeah. Know, within like the powerlifting, which was like you know the deadlift, the squat, and. Right. bench press and I'll, you had to go show what it was and everything and then she started i think she, i can't remember exactly what she'd done but it was some it might have been a snatch <laughs> oh yeah and then after that she didn't know i worked out and um so she's trying to she tried to get me to, get, to come over here that's really and funny uh, because i remember her vaguely i remember her preparing for that yeah. and she was so nervous about demoing and and teaching the snatch and I want to say I couldn't she, see her being nervous. It's it's rare, I yeah. think. <laughs> I think rare. But uh, I want to say she came in and, and we worked on it for a little bit. But I I could be wrong on yeah. that. But but it was it was something to that yeah. extent. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she tried to get it, get me in it for that whole semester we had together, and then I guess it was like a year or two later, I still didn't come. Then Zach Wire, <laughs> my cousin, yeah, finally got me involved. So yeah. I'm glad I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, I mean, and, and obviously, hopefully it goes without saying, we're super glad to have you. Yeah. Um, prior to starting CrossFit, the only thing you had done outside of probably football and baseball was powerlifting and a little yeah, bit of bodybuilding. Yeah, right? it was like that. It was just that style of training. Right. Not even trying to go anywhere with it. Right. Just, so just something to do, something, right? Yeah. Trying to, to keep me kind of. Trying to kinda look kinda good, fit, right? Yeah. Beach fit. Um, when you came in here. Let's talk a little bit about this was your first time ever participating outside of sport in high intensity interval training. Yeah. What was that like? What was what was if you remember your intro process? So I do remember my after the foundations, my first class. I can't remember who told me, uh, but it was I came on a five, and the four o'clock class told me like. Uh, this is your first day? I was like, yeah. You're like, well, you just came with the hardest one we had in a, in a long time. And I can't remember what it was. but And I think they say that after every workout. When they when they see somebody new walk in, they're like, ooh, first okay, meet. Yeah. You know? uh, and, uh, but, no, it's it's all in good fun. But, yeah. Yeah, they, but it was – I mean, it was rough. i tell you. For one reason. Being, Do you remember what it was? I don't at all. I'm always intrigued by that, too, like Man. what your first workout was. I can't remember. I can't remember at all. Maybe it, it must just, not have been that bad then, because you would remember. It wasn't great. I remember <laughs> that, but it was a. Uh, I get we just done so many. I can't ever remember. But yeah, I mean, I do. I do know that like coming into the high intense training like that was it was brutal. Eye opening. First, I'd say first three months was just like I didn't think I was getting anywhere, and then it seemed like it not overnight, but it kind of seemed like overnight something flipped. You know, I was just all of a sudden better yeah. at pacing myself. Yeah. Yeah, better at, you know, <laughs> breathing and not – and how to scale properly because when I came into it, not saying like I was really strong doing the powerlifting, but I knew I was decently strong. And then coming yeah. here and doing all this weight, and like, I didn't look like that many reps. Right. And, th and it's not that heavy. And then, right. You know, two rounds go by. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> this is getting <laughs> real. Yeah, it's just not good. Yeah, and, you know, you're – It's an ego check. Yeah, and this is like – you're not 
I'm not saying you're fat by any sense yeah. of the imagination, nor were you when you came in, but you're a bigger boy. Yeah. Right. And mass moves mass. And <laughs> so weights are going to be a little bit more suited for you in terms of what we do in the workout. But that's just one component of, of fitness that that, you know, you learn. And sometimes we learn, you know, the hard way. But strength is just one component. Mm-hmm. Then you have to have, you know, the flexibility, the mobility. You got to have the stamina, you know, the power, the speed, all these different elements start to come into play that you hadn't probably trained before coming out of powerlifting, you mm-hmm. know? And so that, even though not competitively, but just even yeah. recreationally, if that's all you've ever done, it's different when you start, we call it barbell cardio. It's different when you start moving it fast for a lot of reps. Yeah. Right. It's a lot different. Um, and again, sometimes we learn our lessons the hard way, right. About pacing or choosing the appropriate yeah. load. Yeah. Um, Cause of the rig and the, and running are not my friends. <laughs> well and again they've gotten better but they're not you, my friends you will improve upon these areas and that's kind of the beauty of it though is like there's always something to be better at or to improve upon and that's what makes it so addicting mm-hmm, yeah. for everybody and that's also why everybody's here because if we were all good or perfect I guess I should say perfect at all of it mm-hmm. we wouldn't be here yeah right no. So there's always something to work on and that continual need for improvement and, and to gain progress is the addicting part because as human beings, we don't like to suck at anything, right? And the goal is that you eliminate as many holes as possible through this varied style of training that mm-hmm. we do, this methodology that we, we use and we're building that jack-of-all-trades athlete. You know, you're not going to be great at probably any one thing Mm -hmm. but you're not gonna suck at anything either right and that's kind of the goal is like you can do just about everything some things may be better than others but you're gonna start to kind of wedge yourself into that hey i can do this you know it it is very addicting that's what's crazy about it because like what do y'all say is like the best worst hour of your life or something like that? I've heard that. <laughs> I, but, uh, I don't know that I've said that, but no, I, someone, I don't I've heard, refute uh, that either. I've heard CrossFitters say that before, but it's like true. Like I love it. And like I think the pain <laughs> in a weird way is like addicting. And, and it, you know, I, I always say like it takes a special person to be able to do this. You yeah. have to like CrossFit is for absolutely anybody who wants to do it. Yeah. Absolutely anybody. And I think I say this on every podcast, but uh, – it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and outside of some people have different goals. Some people mm-hmm. are different places in their life. Some people just want to specialize in one thing. And mm-hmm. like, that's cool. Like, we're not going to shove this down your throat if that's not your goal. Yeah. But also, if this is your goal, sometimes, I mean, and I always say, like, if I could redraw our, our pyramid of hierarchical needs, like the base of it, I would put uh, mental toughness, you know, because you have to be willing to fight a little bit. You have to be willing to work hard. You have to be willing to grit it out, if you will. Yeah. And those mental battles are what's going to progress you forward as long as you win them. And everybody's capable of winning them. But are you going to? Mm-hmm. And are you going to listen to that you know, little small voice in your head that's like, oh, I don't know, we should probably slow down or – man, it's time to set this thing down or whatever and take a break. Like the more times that that happens, the less you're probably going to see the results 
come into play. And yeah. at least maybe not the less, but it's going to take longer. You know how many times that grunts through my head? But I never do, though. Like, I never stop. Yeah. And, and and again, like, that's yeah. the point of, like, you know. It's like your body won't let you, in a way. So your mind is way, way, way stronger yeah. than sometimes – or. You know, sometimes we give it credit for, and a lot of times you'll let your mind win over, but your body can keep going. Mm-hmm. You've just let your mind tell you that you can't, you know, and then you stop. Um, That's now, crazy. again, and we have these discussions of like, what is high intensity? What is relative intensity? What is relative intensity for that day? And how do you recover from that? Because longevity, from a longevity standpoint, like we're not saying that you have to come in and give 100 every day because it's not sustainable. That's not our, that's not our, uh, you know, our vision at all or our mission, but how you manage that is what you can improve upon. And that's ultimately what's going to get you, you know, again, the furthest Mm -hmm. in, in the long run of this thing. So, um, so you hadn't really done it before you came in, you're starting to notice some progress What's been like after that three month mark, you said you kind of like a switch flipped. What, what was that? And what did you start to notice change? Well, the pace first. Okay. Of actually like knowing how to pace. Experience. Yeah. yeah. We call it your training age, but yeah. You're yeah. Learning. Learning the pace, man. Cause that was at first, you know, I, I just tried to kill it and get it done just to try to prove myself. And yeah. the pace really, really helped out. But I think, and I remember this exact workout that uh, – I don't remember what it was called, but kind of struck that for me. Also, I had something during the workout that stopped me. But yeah, uh, the workout, it was um, it was push presses, it was ab mat sit-ups, and it was like 200-meter runs. I think it was like as many rounds as you can get. So I, I don't just, remember that one specifically, yeah, but I know that we probably did it because we're talking about it. But yeah, uh, and it was kind of – Sounds brutal. maybe before, uh, maybe yeah. It was it was probably like beginning of summer, I think. Okay. Uh, the first, you know, when I first started, and um, but I noticed like I, I got done with the first round, I paced it right, and uh, you know, got done my run, come back, and then the second round, got done, come back, and I was like, I'm not fully, you know, I'm <laughs> not. Covers. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not like dead yet, and uh, I feel fine. Then I done a couple more rounds. And I just paced myself perfectly. And I was like, man, this is – it just felt good. Mm-hmm. It felt good to finally just not have to stop for a whole minute and yeah. catch my breath. But I did get a side stitch running where I legit thought I got shot. <laughs> it was the worst. But yeah. even after that, after it went away, like I kept going. And that honestly was the workout for me that I was like, okay, I've gotten – I've taken it, you know, serious and everything just kind of changed for me. I didn't think I was ever going to be in a position like that. Right. So we, you know, and I tell people all the time, like in terms of pacing, everybody feels good on round one. Yeah. Like everybody's a CrossFit Games athlete on (laughs) round number one. Yeah. But how you manage round number one will dictate your outcome in rounds four, five, six, seven, whatever the workout is, right? Um, And a lot of times, like, you know, in workouts, like, I'm not better than somebody else at a particular movement. I'm not stronger than them at a particular movement. I'm not faster than them on a particular machine or running or anything mm-hmm. like that. But what I have learned over 12 years of doing this is how to pace. And that is a huge advantage in terms of, and it depends on the workout. It depends yeah. on what the goal is. But if the goal is to finish really fast, then, you know, 
pacing matters to some degree depending on the workout now if it's like a two or three minute workout then you just need to take one deep breath and hold it and get it over (laughs) with but um relatively speaking when we live our lives between about 10 to 15 minutes at a time pacing matters Mm -hmm. and it's a tough lesson to learn but like you said it's very easy to come out and just red line is what we call Mm -hmm. it you know in in round number one where you're gassed and you can't move and you you know your workout's essentially over because you can't recover from that but it's a whole nother deal to be able to say okay i feel good but i'm going to take my foot off the gas just a little bit because i know what's coming Mm -hmm. and i know that by the time we get to round three of five this thing's going to start to get really challenging right and and a lot of times you hear that in the beginning you're like yeah right like Round one felt good. This isn't going to be that hard. Mm-hmm. But the the longer you're in this game, you start to realize, like, okay. And and you learn, like I said, unfortunately, most times through, you know, the hard way, the bad the bad choices, the mm-hmm. bad decision to not take your foot off the gas, you know, when you know you should have. And, uh, and picking the wrong you, weights. <laughs> yeah, pick the wrong weights. And you hit that uh-oh moment where you're like, yeah. I'm just going to stand here and look at the barbell for the next 45 seconds, you know. Um and and with that, the development that you've seen, the progress that you've seen, there is a there's a difference. So w- inside of our um, you know variables of fitness, there's ten general physical skills, and we kind of categorize them as some are more physiological adaptations, some are more neurological adaptations or organic. So like you're going to um, your cardio, your strength, your stamina, your flexibility, these are things that are going to be a little bit more organic. You're going to physiologically see some adaptations through training. And what we mean by training is that it's going to take time. You will progress, but it's going to take time, and it's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. What we see happen often is – Somewhere between about six to eight months, everybody's a little bit different, but you're just seeing massive gains, right? And you're seeing probably after that first month, because you gotta you gotta go through that learning curve. You learn the movements, you kind of figure out what things are called. Uh, but two to three months in, all the way up to about six to eight months, you're seeing these massive changes, mm-hmm. and everything's going really, really good. Then you hit a wall, and you start to realize, like, man, kind of like I'm doing the things, and and I know how to pace and. And I'm working really hard, um, but there's that missing element of, like, I want more. But now I've encountered, like, double-unders is an example that we use all the time. And double-unders, this is where we kind of shift to the other side of the spectrum, which is your coordination, your accuracy, your agility, your balance. Like, these components of fitness now are going to be more neurological, Mm -hmm. basically brain, muscles, body, having a conversation. Uh, That comes – that the development of that comes through practice. And the difference between training and practice is training is months of dedicated and consistent hard work. Practice is, we'll just use double unders for an example, is I tell people all the time, there's not really a cue I can give you to get you 100 unbroken double unders, yeah. right? I have people like I'm like stand in front of me and I'm like, okay, can you spin your wrist really fast? And I'll have them do it. And they're like, yeah, sure. It's okay, great. Now, can you spin your wrist really fast? Can you jump up and down while you do that? And they're like, well, yeah, that's easy. I'm like, cool, you can do double unders, mm-hmm. right? Congratulations. Now the practice comes in of you need to develop the coordination and the speed, you know, the timing and all that kind of stuff 
with the rope in your hands by putting yourself in a corner for five to ten minutes and just cussing the rope out if that's what it takes, mm-hmm. right? But that's the practice element, and that's going to be developed through wedging yourself into that corner, and, and you'll get it. You know, you'll figure it out. So it's not surprising to me that that three-month mark is where you started to notice, like, okay, I've learned my lesson with pacing. Now I'm starting to realize, like, I can actually travel these distances by foot. I can do these ad mat sit-ups. I can do these push presses. And I'm not really as tired as I once was before when I first started because we're seeing those physiological adaptations take place and you're getting smarter. Yeah. The other key uh, moment that really sparked me, you know, sparked my mind thinking like, all right, I've gotten a lot more fit was several Saturdays ago we had to run three and a half miles. <laughs> I was here for that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I did it with you. We, yeah, we made you Also, do it. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, so, I ran that whole thing without, you know, perfectly, perfectly paced. You know, running with Jay. Jay, you know, has had to run really good. Jay's a good runner, um, man. He's, 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 yeah. He's, you know. Um, he's got it down. Yeah. To a yeah. science. He really does. Yeah, he really <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah, he'll, he'll surprise you. Yeah. But uh, running with him, you know, he's really good at pacing. And I didn't, I didn't really run out of breath that whole time. The only thing about me was just landing on my feet you know my feet started hurting but yeah. as far as losing my breath no i was i think we kept just a little over eight minutes uh, per mile but that's yeah. moving i mean for three and a half and because i was there for that and i remember that workout that was also a spinoff Maybe of the not. games workout yeah and we had to do because we partnered up and we did uh 40 power cleans prior to that so hello posterior chain now we take off on a three and a half mile run then we came back in and we had to carry some heavy stuff for, you know, 400 meters each yeah. trading off back and forth. But, um, yeah, I mean, the ankle stuff, a lot of that just depends on when you get to that distance at three and a, three and a half miles, excuse me, um, and not just that distance specifically, but for CrossFitters, generally anything constant for over about a mile. Yeah. Number one, your mechanics should always be in play regardless of the distance, and that can help you know mitigate a lot of that pounding and that that stiffness and soreness that you probably felt from that. But then, the shoe choice. It was well. shoes for sure. Yeah. I had bad. Yeah, should and have. and you know, kind of rightfully so. People look at the the power cleans and they're like, "Oh, we're lifting today. I don't want to lift in my running shoes." I'm like, okay, cool. But what's the vault? Like, what's the biggest priority yeah, yeah. of this workout right now right? and it's traveling much. by foot yeah mm-hmm. and you can get by with lifting in a running shoe um occasionally and and when it's smaller volume you know shorter sets lighter weight that kind of stuff but if it was like a one rep max lift or something i'd be like no that's that's not a good idea yeah, either no. but um cool so tell me what's kind of the What's what's some things that you're really, really happy with in terms of the progress that you've seen outside of pacing? Oh, so I've been telling people this a lot that and it's kinda weird that it's like this, but so I'm not the leanest I've ever been, but I'm the most fit and the strongest I've ever been in my life. Which is I and I'm more comfortable. Like so when I've been really lean I was just miserable based on how I was eating and training, but now it's I just if I had to run from somebody, I could. <laughs> exactly. So, yep. And that's kind of what we mean. It. And that's kind of what we mean by that jack of all trades athlete is like fitness is not one component. 
It's not yeah. a singular thing. It's not like if you're just a really good runner, like, okay, you're just a really good runner, but mm -hmm. you're not fit. Yeah. Right? You're not. By our definition, you probably struggle to bend over and touch your toes. You probably can't deadlift two times your body weight, right? You probably can't do 50 pull-ups unbroken, right? Like, there's a lot of things that go into fitness um, that you should be good at, right? And that's mm -hmm. not to neglect running or cardio. You should be able to do that, too. But kind of to your point, you can. Yeah. Right? And because we vary the training so much. Yeah. And, I man, it's it's been life-changing. Seriously. I didn't know how much, like, stuff like this could, you know, before I started. But I'm so glad I started. I mean, it's – I feel more comfortable just in everyday life doing it. That's awesome. That's, yeah, awesome. that's awesome. I, In in our foundations program, we have the discussion of we train for the unknown and the unknowable. Yeah. And the reason that we do that and the reason that we, you know, we call it training is because we're preparing you for things that you don't know about. And the goal is this – Everything that happens inside of these four walls should be the hardest part of your day mm -hmm. intentionally. doesn't mean the worst part of your day. It could be the best hour of your day, right? Yeah. Um, but it should be the hardest part of your day intentionally because the goal for us in here inside of these four walls is to make everything that you do outside of these four walls easier. Mm -hmm. And we call that that small little thing outside of these four walls life. Yeah. Right. And you're going to be far more prepared and we're going to be far less concerned about you if we know you can run and jump and pick up your body weight and all that kind of stuff and pull yourself up over an object versus if you can't. Mm -hmm. Right. We've got way less concerns about Dalton in daily life if we know you can do those things. So a funny kind of a funny story. My one of my mentors had a, a lady in his class. This was probably a month or two ago now, but um she was like a 70-year-old woman, and she was in CrossFit class. Amazing, right? Like, that's incredible. But she was asking him. They were doing snatches. And she was like, is it really that important that I have to do snatches today? Like, why does this matter for me? I'm 70 years old. And his explanation to her was exactly what I just said to you, was that, listen, you don't have to be. We're not asking you to be a competitive lifter. But I know for a fact that if I can get you to a point where you can pick the bar up and put it over your head efficiently and safely, I'm going to be far less concerned about you outside of these four walls encountering whatever comes your way versus a 70-year-old woman who can't do that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why it's so important. Not that we want you to train to become you know, an Olympian in mm -hmm. Olympic weightlifting. Like that's – I mean – we'll make you as good or, you know, as much better as you want to be. The goal is we're concerned about your functionality and survivability in life. Yeah. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. So if you ever question like, when am I going to use this? When am I going to do this thing? The answer is, I don't know, but if it comes up, you're ready for it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of cool. Cause you're, you're prepping for what you don't really know about. Yeah. So, um, I've got, I want to hear just a little bit real quick and then we'll kind of wrap this thing up, but you've also done, um, you've done our nutrition program in yeah. the past. We've chatted a lot about, we've wanted, you've had your goals have kind of changed mm -hmm. as we went through that and they should have any athlete that's growing in, you know, w in what we would call like the sport of fitness. Yeah. Um, your goals should evolve. 
everybody's I can't say everybody, but generically speaking, most people want to start with I want to lose X number of, you know, body fat, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to improve my body composition, whether it's muscle gain, body fat loss, whatever. Yeah. Quickly, that shifts to, you know what? I kind of just want to be able to run a mile without stopping. I don't care my time. I don't care my pace. I just don't want to stop. Uh, I would kind of like to be able to, you know, pick up my body weight off of the ground. I would kind of like to maybe be able to do a push-up or a pull-up. Like, these are now performance goals that we know are going to yield the body composition change that likely you're looking for. And it's a byproduct of hard work, getting stronger, getting, you know, more cardio, more stamina, whatever. As we went through the nutrition program with you, first it started off as that. Mm -hmm. It was like, hey, I want to get down to this weight. Okay, cool. Why? Like, what can you do at that weight that you can't do at this weight? Right? What's What's the correlation there? Why is that weight so important? And then it became like, and I think we got you there. We yeah. got you down to that weight. Then it was the body like recomp. Then it was the body way, yeah. recomp. And then it was like, hey, I'm trying to get beach season ready, <laughs> yeah. right? I got to get shredded. Yeah. Um, and obviously that should be a goal, you know, yeah. during the during the summer. Um, but what did you notice as you changed, as your goals changed? What was kind of the shift for you and why you did or didn't like certain um, mile markers that we hit with nutrition? I don't think it was anything that I didn't like. It was just I'm a I don't like uh routine. Okay. Big thing either. Okay. Uh, but the diets were fine. Okay. And one thing I the things I did love about it is I know when we changed to the body recomp, you had my macros really high and I was telling you like I think I RX'd every workout for like 2 or 3 weeks. I mean, you had me, you had my energy levels high and it got me really strong and I did lean up. Yeah. Quite a bit. But yeah. uh yeah, as far as that went, I didn't have anything I didn't like. It was just uh, just goals evolved. Yeah, it evolved. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a big routine type of guy. So yeah, even when I was training over there, I was switching up probably like every three weeks, every what, four weeks. What I tell people is like you like being in the nutrition program. You've you've gone through this, so you can kind of attest to this. But like w- your first goal was lose body weight. We got you to that check, yeah. right? But then your goal was a body recomp, and you wanted mm-hmm. to get leaner and stronger, and you know have more energy check we got you to that the funny thing is you actually gained weight but you became leaner yeah i did and you I kept, were eating i kept more. bringing that up to you <laughs> yeah and yeah. and that's the hard conversation i have to have with people is like it's like a mental you, yeah it's, it's a mental thing because there's such a bad relationship that people have with food and it's like you don't understand how much you really have to eat if you want to lean up and if you yeah. want to have more energy and if you want to build lean muscle mass i mean it's just you have to eat a lot. Yeah, and that's you like when to. people get it confused between just losing weight and losing fat. Right. Yeah. And again, and if the go- if the the metric that you're measuring this with mm-hmm. is the only variable that you're using for that to determine your success is the scale. Yeah. You're missing it. Yeah. Because you gained weight. Yeah. yeah. And that's a hard pill for some people to swallow. They're like, I don't understand why I'm gaining weight. Yeah. I'm like, I, well, you know, what's our goal? I've like, dealt what with do we that want? before, yeah. so it didn't really hit me like it would hit most people, but. I didn't know what it was, but it was just kind of crazy to me that I was doing this well and looking a lot better. But just gain—I don't—I don't think I gained a lot, but I definitely gained maybe seven, eight pounds total. Yeah. So. Yeah, and yeah. but that, that would mean, be hard for people to just be like, oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and muscle weighs more than fat. And we're not saying that it was all muscle. We're not saying that it was all fat. Right. But, um, you were leaner and you were stronger and you had more energy. Mm -hmm. Right. Cool. Um, Dalton, you've seen some amazing progress here, man. We're super happy to have you. I've got just a few questions that I want to kind of wrap this up with. Um, number one, who is your favorite athlete to chase in the gym? Who's somebody that you admire the most? Justin Reynolds. <laughs> the GOAT. The no CrossFitting can you Can you tell me more about Justin Reynolds and why he's your dude, favorite? He's just – He's just he's just got it, dude. He's shredded, and just he's he's yoked, man. And he's just got that energy. Justin is is life goals, especially yeah, in the masters goals, division. Man. Yeah, I just want his I want his uh, enthusiasm about everything. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. Um, next question: What is the biggest lesson that you have learned since you've been here at CrossFit Engage? Uh check your ego especially when it comes to you know when you think you could do a certain weight outside of the gym is you know compared to a crossfit workout yeah i checked mine really quick it's uh it's humbling yeah the good news is everybody goes through it mm-hmm. and um it's powerful when you and, and, you know and i have been doing this for 12 years and i don't rx every workout i can't you know <laughs> and and realistically if you're doing what you're supposed to hitting the goal in the workout and if you know the goal is whatever and like i know i can't do that i'm not gonna rx it because that's not the purpose of the workout that's not gonna make me better um do you remember being humbled by any one workout where you're like okay it's time to start like reevaluating this and checking that ego (laughs) not just one there's a lot there's a lot of them i do remember the christmas workout that one really had me 12 days of christmas that one's uh that one yeah it's uh I remember just not wanting to leave that fan. It's the even classic, though it was winter. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, I was I was pouring sweat, and I was it was rough. And and this is in December, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And this is the classic. Like it looks easy, and then you get into it, and an hour and a half later, you realize this is. I'm ready for this to be over. Yeah. Um. Cool. So check your ego at the door. I like that one. That's one that, you know, is a tough pill to swallow for most, but we tell everybody walking through the door, if you want sustainability, you want longevity, you want to see the quickest road to the results that you're, that you deserve. Uh, the fastest way to do that is swallow that ego at the door, leave it there, be coachable and be willing to work hard, you know? And if you're, if you do that, you're going to, you're going to excel. And yeah. you're going to be very, very happy with the results that you see. Yeah. And there's one thing I do want to say about this gym. No one in this gym is ever, like, sour towards anybody. Like, everyone here is just always in a good mood. It's pretty. It's literally just like a big family. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I and just had to throw that in there. No, it, I appreciate that a lot. It's something that we really pride. No in a bad mood. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and why? Only during the workout. Yeah, only, <laughs> only during. But – um, and I mean, why? Like at the end yeah. of the day, everybody in here has a common goal, which is to get fit. Now yeah. there's different elements inside those goals that they would like to strive for more so than others. Um, different strengths, different weaknesses, different skills they'd like to pick up. But the common goal is to get more fit. Yeah. And 
at the end of the day, it's just a workout. Yeah. You know? And you hate to, like, it's not dumbing it down or, or downplaying it at all in terms of the impact it can have on you and your life. But don't turn it into something it's not. Just because this should be the hardest part of your day doesn't mean it has to be the most stressful part of your day. Mm-hmm. Right? Mentally. Now, physically, it's the most intentional form of stress you can put on your body, period. Yeah. But um, mentally, it's just a workout at the yep. end of the day. Right. And a lot of times people can get caught up in the moment. They can get caught up in what's written on the board. And just because it says it, I've got to do it or I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, worth my weight and salt. Uh, it's like, check that ego at the door. Like, yeah. what are you trying to prove? You know, you're only going to tear yourself down. You're only going to be in pain. You're only going to be um, discouraged, you know, and that's a tough road to travel if you don't swallow that ego. You know, and and when you do that, the result is we got a lot of really enthusiastic, happy people walking around that are just here to support you and cheer you on. And 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 that's the goal at the end of the day. So thank you for that. But that is something that we pride ourselves on. And and we're very proud and blessed to have the family and the community that we have here. There's a lot of really good people. That's great. Um, Okay. next question is, what is one thing that you want to achieve in the next six months? Muscle ups. Muscle ups. (laughs) Yeah. You have, I only know this because I taught you, but you have just attended the advanced gymnastics workshop that yeah. we just held. You have the tools now, brother. I do, yeah. And, and you know, we're here for you. We're going to cheer you on and give you as much advice as we can. But this is this is kind of the component of, yeah, there's some prerequisite amount of strength you got to have. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we run a strict strength bias in terms of gymnastics and all that kind of stuff. But... You've got the tools. So now it's wedge yourself in the corner for five to ten minutes every day, dedicated work, you know, and and use the tools that we gave you, and you will build the strength. You will build the coordination, right? The accuracy, as we learned, is a really big uh, variable in gymnastics as well, um, and it's going to take practice, yeah. right? But you'll get there. You'll get there. So six months from now, I'm not good at math. I don't know when that is. It's probably like. February, March-ish is we're recording yeah. this now. Somewhere in there. First quarter of next year, we'd like to see you have a muscle up. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, we'll get you there. Um, all right. Last thing. What is one piece of advice that you can leave with our listeners to help them on their fitness journey? Uh, just enjoy it. That's all. You know, that's all I can tell you. Because if you're just doing it just to do it, you kind of lose the love for it. That's how I've... You know, that's how it was, you know, places before here. I love it. I love it here every day. So, awesome. yeah, just just try to enjoy it. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah I love that. We uh, we tell people all the time, love the process. Yeah. It is a process, and we're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs. It's okay. But if you don't enjoy it and fall in love with that and learn from it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's tough. It's yeah, because then it will feel like a routine. And then for me, you know. Exactly. It, yeah, it would be, it'd be rough if I exactly. didn't like it. So exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Dalton, dude, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you so Thanks much. For having me. It was fun. You mean, uh, you mean a lot to us here at CrossFit engage. It would not be the same without <laughs> you. And, uh, and we're very proud of you and all the results and the progress that, that you've made here. So thank you very much. It means a lot. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah.